This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today. Off Scripts Time Capsule. Rating and ranking the years that have shaped us. I'm Robbie Greenfield and alongside me is Chris McCarty and Sona Rapani. Working our way through the years, we'll highlight world events, cultural achievements and the stories that have been forgotten. Season one ended, not even allowed it to breathe and we're straight in with season two. Yeah, you happy with that? I like it. Strike while the iron's hot, Quite build right. momentum. Yeah. Which uh, 89 was, was a strong enjoying. a strong finish to a, mm-hmm. a, a good decade, I think, overall. I think what was our main takeaways from the 80s? Definitely, I would say the fashion was a films. big takeaway and the films and also just the music kind of dragging it down a little bit. Except for a few years, a few years that we didn't mind so much. Films were amazing, certainly mm. in the middle to late part of the 1980s, which does chime and does coincide with my, I guess, formative years. Yeah, Which is why I'm looking forward to the early 90s as well. We were talking about how films in the 80s were just kind of wacky in a way that you wouldn't see today. I mean, you wouldn't have Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in 2021. No, you wouldn't. Or Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for that matter. But yeah, let's let's move on to a brand new decade. And what I've decided to do, by the way, is we're going to get a champion year from each decade. So we've got four decades, the the 80s, the 90s, the noughties and the 10s, okay? We get a champion year from each decade we make a semi-finals, we do a random draw. We hold two semi-finals and then a final and then we crown the champion year. So the winner is now, it's no longer highest score in general. This is like tournament style. Tournament style, knockout. Like so it. for yeah. the 80s, so far, 85. it was 85 that's 85 is the champ. So I wonder which year will be crowned champion from the 1990s. The world was a rapidly changing place back in 1990. The creation of the World Wide Web was about to herald the start of the internet age. Mm-hmm. The Cold War and, the com- and communism were beating a hasty retreat. Western culture was embracing materialism like never before. Is that okay. being pilfered from a website? Or did you <laughs> no, write that no, 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 earlier? no. That's just by sort of music. No, God, probably, probably taken from somewhere. Pilfered. No, but that's basically that's that's. What that's, was 1990 uh, in, in Google, no. and that spat out. That is a pastiche of my own observations. I, I really enjoyed that. I felt like that was a scene setting of like a book or something. Yeah. Correct, Robert. That's yeah. why I was thinking: yeah. is that from your fine hand or? Has that been pinched? Well, you know, that was kind of, yeah, that was my doing. <laughs> yeah. I can't play. claim You're complete. <laughs> Listen, a bit of both. Bit Let's of go both. with a bit of both. Bit of both. Let's look at some of the international events that were making headlines. And there's really only one place to start in 1990. Because on February the 11th, a certain Nelson Mandela, future president of South Africa and the leader of the movement to end apartheid, was released from prison after spending 27 years incarcerated. And I dug out a clip of his first public speech since being released. Take a listen. Your struggle, your commitment and your discipline has released me to stand before you today. These basic principles will propel us to a free non-racial, democratic, united South Africa that we have struggled and died for. One of the things that really stood out upon his release after 27 years was his benevolence towards mm. his persecutors. Correct. And, uh, and the fact that he was more interested in uniting, unification, ending apartheid than any kind of retribution or, 
or as he would have surely felt entitled, yeah. you know, to... to human nature would be that, right? To yeah. have a chip on your shoulder, but not Nelson. He had a long time to, to think through what he wanted. And four years later, he was the president. And Amazing. of course, he would preside over the 1995 Rugby World Cup, which was certainly one of the best sporting moments of the 1990s. One of the best sporting moments ever, in mm. fact. And we'll get to that in a few weeks' time. But that was a big moment, him being released after 27 years in prison. September of 1990, East and West Germany voted overwhelmingly in favour of reuniting the two countries. Not in time for the World Cup, though, Chris, which, of course, more on that later, West Germany would go on to win. And in 1990, President George H.W. Bush was... He was exercising his authority, let's say. OK, he signed a historic agreement with Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev to end pr production of chemical weapons. Yep. He launched Operation Desert Shield against Saddam Hussein when he sent US troops to Kuwait. And he used his power to exercise another right. And you know how we like quirky little stories on the time capsule. Take a listen to George Bush ultimately exercising his power in a brilliant way. Without really meaning to, I announced to the world about this time that I did not like broccoli. That I never liked broccoli. And now that I was president of the United States, I was never eating it again. It caused a huge stir, and I still hear about it today. There are truckloads of broccoli at this very minute descending on Washington. The donation and delivery to the White House were prompted by a statement recently made by President Bush that he disliked the vegetable. I do not like broccoli, and I haven't liked it since I was a little kid, and my mother made me eat it, and I'm President of the United States, and I'm not going to eat any more broccoli. Now, for the broccoli vote out there, Barbara loves broccoli. What? <laughs> I am President of the United States, and I no longer have to eat broccoli. Aside from the quirky backing track of that, that's like, doo, 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 doo. aside from that, there was nothing really funny about any of it. No. I think it's pretty funny that you, you become funny? president of the United States and one of the things you make a big deal about is never having to eat broccoli again. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, jeepers. Uh, yeah, listen for the broccoli. This made portal. worldwide news. When that was a controversial headline. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. That was very pre-Trump. Very pre-Trump. So, so wholesome. Pre so yeah. wholesome. Yeah. yeah, I don't like broccoli. I'm the United States president and I'm never going to eat broccoli again. And that prompted a lot of people to send him the, the vegetable in truckloads. <laughs> the little IKEA the broccolis House. as well. Yeah. And I don't know. Out. I personally don't agree with him. I love broccoli. So do I. It's one of my favourite vegetables. I'm totally with you on that. Uh, the most complete skeleton of a T-Rex was discovered in South Dakota, named Sue in August of 1990. Susan Hendrickson an experienced explorer and fossil hunter, prospecting for fossils along a rocky outcrop in South Dakota, m sort of deviated from the rest of the group, walked down a little rocky defile and saw some large vertebrae jutting out of an eroding bluff. Nice. Wow. Okay. Now, underneath, when, after a little bit of digging, a bit of excavation, an almost complete skeleton of a 65 million year old Tyrannosaurus Rex was revealed. That's amazing. Uh, it was 87% complete, I think. What baffles me about these stories is that fossil was just sitting, it was jutting out. How long has it just yeah. been sitting there yeah. waiting to yeah. be discovered? The T-Rex is like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm jutting out even. <laughs> I'm giving you a hint. It's not even hiding. <laughs> yeah, amazing. But this discovery turned ugly because multiple organisations and individuals all of a sudden staked an ownership claim for the fossil. There was various disputes. 
There were law settlements. Eventually, the uh, fossil was auctioned in October of 97 for $8.3 million. It was the highest amount ever paid for a dinosaur fossil until actually last year when a T-Rex by the name of Stan was auctioned for $31.8 million. I just can't take it seriously when you're attributing names. Yeah. It's like the T-Rex was not called Sue and the T-Rex yeah. was not called Stan. So obviously the fellas and the ladies obviously that found them, they get named after them. But 31.8 million. Where is T-Rex Stan located now? I'm not sure know. about T-Rex Stan, but Sue is at the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, Illinois. The Hubble Space Telescope was launched for the first time. It remains in operation today. It is still apparently the most powerful and most versatile of all the space telescopes. And it was associated with a boon in, uh, in, in, in interest in astronomy. That's brilliant. I think a lot of findings and discoveries are attributed, I think, to the, the Hubble um, Space yeah, Telescope. No doubt about mm. it. 1990, that surprised me. I thought it was older than that. Yeah, 1990. Oh. Margaret Thatcher resigned as Prime Minister of the UK making way for John Major to take over as head of the Conservative political, Party. political, Robert. I like yeah. it. And, yeah, this uh, is a little different from previous uh, time capsules. And in 1990, we also officially entered the supermodel oh, era. Oh, yes, indeed. This mo- can you name the five oh. supermodels? Okay. I'm going to go Claudia Schiffer. No. No? Oh, Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell, yes, yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, Evan- Evangelista, or whatever Yes, it is. well done, Chris. <laughs> of course Chris has got this down. I know about this. The other two were Christy Turlington and Tatiana Patitz. And um, Mm. in an interview printed in the October 1990 issue of Vogue, Evangelista said the words, we don't wake up for less than $10,000 a day. That statement is now thought of as the most famous quote in modelling history, and it has been described as the let them eat cake of the 20th century. (laughs) (laughs) Did she say that? She did. There is something quite high and mighty about that. We don't wake up for less than $10,000 a day. Wow. Do we Uh, still have supermodels today? Victoria's Secrets. Yeah, like Cara Delevingne. Well, even your your Kendall Jenners. No, they've been replaced by celebrities. Yeah, they're more celebrities than they are supermodels now. I always think of, what's the Brazil? Alejandro. Alejandra Ambrosio. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, Giselle Mm. Bündchen. Come on, there are. I know she's retired. It's not quite the same, though. It's not the same. I think Kim Kardashian and her ilk were responsible for, you know, pushing the the supermodels to one side. (laughs) Because suddenly you had this all singing, all dancing, celebrity model type reality show combo. Yeah, exactly. Is he, is, yeah. is he Goulart, the Brazilian who dates uh, Kevin Trapp, the <laughs> German goalkeeper? I mean, what? Oh, what? <laughs> what are you even speaking German about? goalkeeper <laughs> Kevin Trapp, former PSG goalkeeper, is dating. I think it's Isabel Goulart is okay. dating Kevin Trapp. All right, we've got we cleared that up. <laughs> there are still supermodels out there. That up. Let's move on to movies. In the box office, can you think of the highest grossing film for 1990? Talked Ooh. about it a lot on this show. Home Alone. It certainly was. It edged out Ghost to the top <gasps> spot, taking $285 million. It was the number one film in the US for 12 weeks, and it stayed in the top 10 until June the following year, with over £476 million worldwide. It was the most successful live-action comedy of all time, for over 20 years until apparently The Hangover Part 2 beat it, yeah. which depresses me. The hype. Um, and it even spawned a new verb. To be home alone means to have a film's potential box office reduced by the unexpected long success of Home Alone. Take a listen. Marv! Harry? Where the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? I'm up here, you morons! Come and get me! 
You guys give up? Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. Still brilliant. <laughs> uh, now, the wet bandits themselves had little faith in the movie, apparently. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, who, by the way, I'm modelling myself on. You Marv are like a young Marv right now. Um, felt pretty indifferent to it. They intentionally gave over-the-top performances because they were just kind of almost, they were almost spoofing it whilst, whilst being in it. Little did they know just how phenomenally successful the film would become. Yeah, and another very successful movie, Ghost. Patrick Swayze, Whoopi Goldberg, Demi Moore starred in the film about a man who is murdered, comes back as a ghost, and has to protect the girlfriend he left behind. Tell her she's wearing the shirt that I spilt the margarita on, and the earrings I gave her for Christmas. Molly, Sam says to tell you you're wearing the shirt that he spilled the margarita on, and the earrings he gave you for Christmas. Don't you see? I'm not a fake. Not about this. Good movie, Ghost. You've seen it? Oh, of course. I've only ever seen the pottery scene. Oh, well, that's famous, but it's it's a good movie. It is perfect for its time. I grew up with that. That was a film that was on in my house quite a bit. If you haven't seen it, Whoopi Goldberg's brilliant. Patrick Swayze, the late great Patrick Swayze, fantastic. And then a young Demi Moore. What's not to like? Yeah. No, it was. I think I've seen it a long time ago, Ghost, but and I do remember it being... The scene where he's trying to learn, because he's a ghost, obviously, to kick the can. That's when he knows he can have power, and then it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> so put it on your list. Okay. Get cont- on that list. A contender for my all-time favourite film came out this year. Martin Scorsese's classic Goodfellas, the real-life mobster Henry Hill. That was the story of him. It starred Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta. This was the only clip I could find that had no profanity in it. In prison, dinner was always a big thing. We had a pasta course, and then we had a meat or a fish. Paulie did the prep work. He was doing a year for contempt, and he had this wonderful system for doing the garlic. He used a razor, and he used to slice it so thin that it used to liquefy in the pan with just a little oil. It's a very good system. Vinny was in charge of the tomato sauce. I felt he used too many onions, but it was still a very good sauce. Vinny, don't put too many onions in the sauce. I didn't put too much onions in it. Oh? I didn't put too much onions. I didn't put too much onions in the sauce. Come on. Is that when they're all in prison? Uh, that's so good when they're making dinner and then it's like they're in a they're in, they're in, they're in, they're, yeah, they're in the five-star yeah. restaurant and they're all just kind of like these massive stoves and they're in prison. Such a good film. It is hard to imagine it's... this year for Joe Pesci in The Goodfellas and Home Alone. Home yeah. Alone. I did not know that. Die Hard 2. Um, made a comeback. Bruce Willis returned, as with the first film. It's Christmas Eve. He's at Washington Dulles International Airport. Terrorists have taken over the air traffic control system. And, of course, he must stop the terrorists before his wife's plane and several other incoming flights, which are circling the airport, run out of fuel and crash. Take a listen. Well, we are just up to our neck in terrorists again, John. But for police officer John McLean... It's just another Christmas. You're the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Story of my life. Love the cinema guy there. (laughs) Die hard too. (laughs) It's good, isn't it? Uh, Arnie Schwarzenegger and his nuanced acting skills were back in fine form for, for Total Recall. Be reasonable. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. <laughs> where, do you guys, where do you rank Total Recall in your Arnie oh, film? It's, it, does it make the top five? No. No, it's not up there. No. But, but perhaps this is. I'm very happy to be here. First, 
I would like to just get to know you. Ha 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 ha. Quiet. <laughs> it's almost beyond parody, Arnie's acting. Who's your daddy and what does he do? That's always the famous line from Kindergarten Cop, which is so good. That is a movie. That's his like Joe Pesci Home Alone moment when he popped up. Yeah, in Kindergarten in Cop. Because he'd played all the action films, hadn't he? And suddenly he's this blum- <laughs> blundering kind of cop looking after a bunch of kids. Um, the Hunt for Red October was released, a submarine spy thriller starring Sean, Sean Connery, Connery yeah. Alec Baldwin and Sam Neill. Have you seen that one, Chris? I have seen it. Very good as well. Tell and you what, 1990. This one, got to finish with this. Lean green and on the screen. <laughs> the three of you might have overpowered me with the loss of but one. Now your fate will be his. No! Splinter! <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I remember seeing that at the cinemas. Yeah, that had me perplexed at first. I was like, what are we listening to here until yeah. the Splinter came out? Yeah, Pretty Woman was another big film Ooh, in 1990. That's not got a so clip roll. I know, you kind of just hit Pretty Woman. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the bigger ones in there. You reckon? Yeah. Well, not bigger, you surely not bigger than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Come on. Pretty woman. Pretty woman. All right. Well, it's a decent, decent lineup for, for for movies. TV. Well, this was launched. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned Come on, upside down, and I'd like, like to take a minute just sit right there. I'd like you how to be the, the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised. Okay, so here's my fact for Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. The house isn't in Bel Air. Is it not? It's not, it's in Brentwood. <laughs> yeah, that's where uh, Prince Harry with James Corden. Yeah, yeah they were trying to, they, they knocked on the door, didn't they? To, to, yeah. And the owner kind of opened up, obviously, was in on the little skit that they were doing, and, and Prince Harry actually asked to borrow the restroom, if memory serves me correct. That's right, yeah. Beverly Hills 90210 was also brought out. Yeah, it was I not for really, me. Not for me. I never saw it. Just like the it. first one or two seasons. And then it became really soap opera But when it first mm. came out and you were a teenager and you were watching the first season, you had Brenda and the bad boy Dylan. Was it an early so OC? Good. It was like the original yes. OC. Yes. Yeah. I would say it would be maybe what? The first of that kind of genre. Yeah. Okay. So, movie strong. What about music? That's often been the Achilles heel of the 1980s. On the February 12th, 1990, MC Hammer released his album, Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. The album ranked number (laughs) one for 21 weeks on the US Billboard 200, due primarily to the success of this. Can't touch this. He became so popular, MC Hammer, that he got his very own cartoon, Hammer Man. <laughs> did he actually? Yeah, he did. These MC Hammer facts, I did not know that that was what the album was called. Yeah. Please, <laughs> Hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, Madonna's Vogue topped the US charts in May, stayed there for three consecutive weeks. The music video for Vogue was directed by David Fincher. Wow. Mind really? Blown. Yeah. I'll reiterate once again, really not a fan. Of Madonna? Really not a fan. Of Madonna? Yeah. 
This is one of her songs that I don't mind. Okay. I agree with you in general. All right. But you know, this era of Madonna was all right, I think. Okay. Delight released Groove is in the Heart as a musical trend continued to evolve from what we typically found in mainstream 80s music. You liking this song? Love it. I'm loving 1990 so far. Okay, you're going to love the next song. Chris, you a fan of this? Yeah, I can get on board with it. I'm just hoping you've got a little bit of new kids on the block. Were they 1990? I don't think. I think they were early 90s, but not 1990. Couldn't find them, and I would have definitely found them, Chris. So they are still to come. You can really already feel the evolution of what we were playing from the 80s to 1990. Just in the first year of the 90s, you can feel the difference. The ballads were still there. Don't get me wrong. The ballads were still there in the background, but there was definitely a sea change in the music. And... I mean, this is just the best. The Humpty Dance was born courtesy of Digital Underground, and these are some unquestionably brilliant lyrics. So just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty, pronounced with the Humpty. Yo, ladies, oh, how I like to funk thee. And all the rappers in the top ten, please allow me to bump thee. I'm stepping tall, y'all, and just like Humpty Dumpty, you're going to fall when the stereos pump me. I like the rhyme. I like my beats funky. I'm spunky. I like my oatmeal lumpy. I'm Sick with this, straight gangster Mac. But sometimes I get ridiculous. I'll eat a bar your crackers and your licorice. You I like my oatmeal lumpy. <laughs> I, I mean, say, that's just... I can't say that I've ever heard that song I can, before. It's so I'm good. Never, I've never heard it either. Yeah. Digital Underground, it gave uh, rap legend Tupac Shakur his big break. What is the connection between Tupac Shakur and that song? He was part of Digital Underground. <gasps> Um, he was doing the Humpty Dance with Oakland's own. He was taking on roadie work as a stopgap. And in his years with Digital Underground, he would give, uh, they would give Tupac his first tour with Big Daddy Kane, his first release verse, same song, and his first movie role, 1991's Nothing But Trouble. Wow. Yeah. And I have just looked up, by the way, New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough, was 1990. So the fact that you've missed that out is well Are you Bob. being serious? Yeah. Wow. Hang tough, you know that Are one. you sure it wasn't 91? Because there's sometimes an nope. overlap. Nope, 1998 won the uh, American Music Awards. Favourite pop rank uh, album was Hanging Tough. Favourite pop rock, uh, rock band duo group it also won for Hanging Tough. Don't challenge Chris on his New Kids on the Block Okay, knowledge. well, I apologise for the sh- shocking omission <laughs> of New Kids on the Block. That just gives it more fuel for the fire. Uh, ACDC released their big hit Thunderstruck. <laughs> I nearly chose this for my boxing ring walk song. I tell you what, Rob, 1990 <laughs> is going to take some beating. It's got a lot going for it. Yeah. Uh, this, though, I've left the best till last. John Barnes. He featured in unquestionably football's greatest rap cameo when New Order penned the track World in Motion, uh, England's official Italian 90 song. Take a listen. Catch me if you can, cause I'm the I mean, the best World Cup song. 
It's even better than three lions, I think. Thank goodness England did not win that World Cup. That's all I can say. Oh, dear. That's so good. John Barnes. You've got in here, I want to play this quickly, the Days of Thunder film, which I'm oh, a huge yeah, fan sorry. of. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, of course. Days of Thunder. It spawned this ballad by Maria McKee. Do you remember that song from the film? No. Yeah, apparently so. Remember the film? So good. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. It's basically Top Gun, but he's in a car. <laughs> it's just yeah. You're not selling it to Sonal. She hates Top Gun, by the way. I watched it because I am making my way down the list. And you did. You guys think I don't actually do anything with the list, but I do. You watched Top Gun, didn't I like kind it? Of, I kind of squeeze a different film from the list that you guys give me, maybe like once in three weeks or so. How can you not like oh, Top it's Gun? nonsense, wasn't it? Oh, no. Listen, Come I can imagine, on. we talked about this the other day, but I can imagine if you were watching it at the time that it came out, it was 80s, right? Yeah. That you would love it if we were a bit younger and it, it had that 80s vibe to it. But I was just saying, like, the characters don't resonate oh, anymore. On. The kind of jerky pro- protagonist. Please tell me you shed a tear for Goose. Uh, Great balls of fire and all that. Oh, come uh, on, Sonal. Yeah, I thought she wasn't a fan. She wasn't a Not fan. Not such a fan, no. Pop culture 1990. Here are some F&B trends for the year. Beefaroni. Gushers and Dunkaroos. Gushers. Were Gorton's the best. fish sticks. No. Spaghettios. Yes. Spaghettios. And in 1990, popularized by MC Hammer, parachute pants were all the rage. Shiny, bright, colored trousers made of parachute material, <laughs> and everyone Did wanted a pair of those. Of course I didn't. I was never on trend. I was 15 years behind the trend, even when I was 10. Yeah, that's. Did that's you, Chris? Fair. I did not know. I must admit, I was mm. a bit too young to have MC Hammer pants, but just thinking of Robbie cavorting around Buckinghamshire in a pair of those pants (laughs) would have made me chortle. February the 11th. It's still talked about as one of the biggest upsets in sporting history. hear the shock in that commentator's voice in that commentary though it's more wwe than boxing that's what i thought it was at first i got really confused by that i'm like did did he do like a crossover into wwe it's like wwe commentating commentating on what was though i mean that talk about a result that, that shocked not just the boxing world but it shocked the sporting world yeah and this is this blew my mind tyson was 23 mm-hmm. on the night of that fight mm-hmm. you know he'd been around for so long because he came he was so young when he came out and he was he entered the fight 37 and 0 with 33 knockouts douglas himself was fighting with a heavy heart after losing his mum just 20 days before the fight which makes it that much more amazing. Remarkable. Incredible. In football, the World Cup, known simply as Italia 90, took centre stage in the summer. Pavarotti performed Nessun Dorma in the Milano FIFA concert and it quickly became the anthem of the tournament. Take a listen.
West Germany met Argentina in the final after seeing off England in a penalty shootout in the semi-finals. And that match was settled via the penalty spot. Of course, it was Germany in the 85th minute. It's Bremer for West Germany with the penalty. And is that the goal that wins the World Cup? Andy Bremer with five minutes to go. And West Germany are on the verge of winning the World Championship. Andreas Bremer, he mm. settled it, meaning Diego Maradona would not claim back-to-back World Cups for Argentina. It's regarded actually as one of the poorest World Cups in terms of the games. It generated an average 2.2 goals per game, a record low that still stands, and a then record 16 red cards, including the first ever dismissal in a final. That'd be a quiz question for you. Yeah, it's been in Chris, my it's been Gustavo in my quiz, Dizotti. It's been in my quiz questions. There was actually, was there not two sending offs in that same final? I think it was just one. Was it, oh, are you sure? Not two RGs that got sent off? Oh, uh, maybe, maybe. Gustavo, Gustavo Dizotti was the man that got sent off for the first time. Obviously, Zinedine Zidane a few years later. And Johnny Hunting as well. Joined there's, that four, club. there's four men that have been sent off. I will see that one red card and raise it two, I think, in that final. OK. I think. All right. Uh, Liverpool won the league title in England. AC Milan beat Benfica 1-0 in the final to win the European Cup with Frank Rijkaard scoring the winner. And in tennis... Pete Sampras announced himself on the stage with a three-set demolition of Andre Agassi in the US Open final. His first Grand Slam success at the age of 19. He won the match 6-4, 6-3, 6-2 to set the tone for a rivalry that would last the entire decade. This was the interview he gave afterwards. It was awesome. About 15 or so uh, service aces. Do you always serve that well? Not in the finals of the US Open. Uh, (laughs) Um... I mean, it's just unbelievable. This is this is this is it. This is the, this is the ultimate in, in tennis, and 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 for whatever I do in the rest of my career, I'll always be a U.S. Open champion. You got that right. Did okay in the rest of his career. Is that an, is that a young uh, 19 years of age, Pistol Pete? And is that a young uh, thingy Nance as well? Doing the don't call? think so. I'm not oh, sure it was. Sounded Nance. like a Jim Nance. Sounded like a young Jim Nance as well on the old uh, interviewing mic there. That's amazing. A 19-year-old, I didn't quite realise that Pete was that young. Yeah, and he thrashed Andre Agassi and would actually dominate their rivalry. Jennifer Capriati turned pro at the age of 13. Bonkers. uh, To establish herself as as a real kind of star of the future. She would go on to win Grand Slams. Nick Faldo won the Masters and the Open that year. What a double that still, was. Still the most successful European golfer of all time. Six eh? majors. And in the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers thrashed the Denver Broncos 55-10. So we, ah, need a mark, so we need a mark for the year. Tell you what, 1990, you've got to go some. I'm going to give 1990 8.5. I'm going to go 9. Whoa. Yeah. yeah wow. Is a good yeah. Year. Okay, I'm going to give it an 8. Mm-hmm. So that okay. averages out at 8.5. Sanjay, 6.75. Oh, Fard, on, Sanjay. so 1990 getting an official rating of 8.04 in the end. Correct. When we Which averaged all the different scores that have come in. Puts it up there. Still slightly below 1985. But, mm. you know, I think uh, Sanjay, 6.75 really brought it down. Yeah, I was surprised by that a little bit. I was a little bit surprised by that, if I'm, I'm going to be quite honest. But, you know, you. everybody's got a subjective chance to score. So we, we were all so very complimentary. Given a one. Sayed must be a Man United fan. Either that or just not a fan of 
Maybe. Or he's messaged the wrong radio or station. Or that is that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Off Script's Time Capsule. Rating and ranking the years that have shaped us. Thank you for listening to The Time Capsule. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and please do, if you've got a moment, give us a review. This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today.